Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning to those of you who are watching us this morning. Uh, if you are watching us on Facebook, YouTube, or engaging with us on our live chat room, on our church website, we welcome you to St. Paul Online. Uh, our social media influencers and our digital ministers are ready to engage with you this morning. If you would do us a favor real quick, if you're watching this on Facebook, if you would share this to your personal timeline without starting a separate watch party, uh, we want to make sure that we all stay in the same chat stream. You can also tag those whom you want to invite into your post. If you are watching this on YouTube, we do ask that you subscribe to our YouTube channel and then text this link of worship service to your personal network. Uh, and if you're in the chat room on our church website, if you would click on the invite button uh, on the chat window and share this personal experience with others. We certainly are delighted that you are with us today. Welcome to St. Paul Online. I am excited and I hope you're excited to be in worship this morning. Listen, the times may have but you know who doesn't change is the God that we serve. The same God who is for us today is the same God who was for us yesterday, and he's the same God who's with us forevermore. Give God some praise this morning for the song. Now, let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Oh, that today you will listen to his voice. Somebody just type in the chat stream right now today. In other words, I don't care what happened on yesterday. I don't care what happened last week. Matter of fact, we've been dealing with this pandemic for a year, but God is still the same. So give God some praise in this place today. Somebody just cry out. You know what? I've cried my last year on yesterday. I'm going to give God some praise today. Come on, come on, come on. Give him some praise in this place. Before we go into our opening hymn this morning, I want to turn it over to our pastor because we have a baptism this morning. Come on, you should be praising right now. I said we have a baptism this morning. In other words, we have another one who's made a decision. Likes and some loves right now as I turn it over to pastor for our baptism. God is great and greatly to be praised from the rising of the sun to the going down to the same. We have one young lady, Majesty Cuddy, that is going to be baptized this morning. And wherever you are right now, can you put your hands together as a sign that the church continues to grow? Confession of faith 
in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. This morning, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Give God praise. God bless you all. Continue to lead us. Brothers.
It is only because he lives that we can continue even in the face of danger, even in the face of a pandemic. Because he lives, we can still face tomorrow. And life is worth the living just because he lives. If you would do me a favor right now in the chat streams that you're in, whether you're on Facebook or whether you're on YouTube or on our church website, if you would just put down right where you're at, where you're watching us from, we just like to get to know who's rolling with us. So if you would just put where you're watching us from today, uh, we certainly would appreciate it for our social media influencers so that way they can continue to engage with you. We are so glad that you are in worship service with us today. Day. Our scripture reading will be coming from Psalms uh, 118, beginning at the first verse, um, and then we'll move down to the 19th verse. Psalms 118 and 1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, His steadfast love endures forever. Verse 19, open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. For this is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you. You have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we beseech you, O Lord. O Lord, we beseech you, give us success. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has given us light. Bind this festival procession with branches up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God. I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. That should be a word to somebody right now who's facing some things in your life. His word endures forever. Let us go to the throne right now. Dear Heavenly Father God, we come before you today just to say thank you. Thank you for just being the God of our life. Father, for we have entered into your worship space. And we invite your presence here today, God. Because we can't do anything until you come. Father, for we have entered into your, your gates with thanksgiving and we have entered into your courts with praise. So we lift you up this morning because you're worthy of all of our praise, God. So God, if you would just step down through time and through space to be with your people today in this worship service, God, that somebody who was feeling feeling like hope was lost, God, but understanding that through this service that you are still the hope that we lean on, God. For somebody may be feeling lost, God, but through this service, God, that they would be found. Send a word today, God, 
to shape, to mold, to pierce the hearts of those who are unbelieving. It is in your son's name that we do pray and give thanks. Amen.
let's give the Lord some praise. I want to thank our male ensemble for blessing us with their gift of song, and we take wonderful delight in what they have shared with us thus far. Um, we have a uh, baptism that we've uh, part uh, have shared in this morning, and I'm going to ask that Majesty Naomi Ruby Cutting will come to the front as we present to her her certificate and her Bible. Naomi, you did such a wonderful job with your baptism, and you are a sign that the church continues to grow. Amen. And so it is my hope and prayer that not only will you take part as far as this day is concerned, but continue to become active as far as the church is concerned and grow as far as your understanding of who God is and live that way. So there are a couple of things I want to let you know about. First of all, this is your certificate of baptism. Um, have your parents to frame it or put it somewhere where you can see it to remind you of your second birthday. See if you can press upon your parents to do some cake and ice cream on today. All right. But then also, this is a study Bible that's uh, geared toward you. Uh, and we want you to read it. Uh, we have a minister of children and youth, Reverend Peyton C. That if you have any questions, you can ask him or you can ask me. Uh, of those questions, all right? So this is your Bible, and we want you to read it with regularity and grow in the knowledge of our Lord. And last thing I want to let you know is you don't ever have to get baptized again because you now understand what it means to be baptized. You are now birthed into the family of God, and we want you to grow in the Lord. Amen? So watch this. You see all those folks on screen? They're getting ready to clap and celebrate you right now. Amen, as well as those that are in the house. So thank you, Majesty, for letting us take a part in your new birthday. Amen. You can go with your parents right now and um, have a seat. And uh, St. Paul, let's give God praise for Majesty one more time. Amen. 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 As we move forward, as far as um, today's worship experience is concerned, they're just several things that I want to share with you all um, as we move forward. I want to thank Minister Erica Miner uh, last week for the word that she preached. And so uh, thank you, Minister Erica, uh, for allowing the Lord to use you in a mighty and a magnificent way. I want to just share with our church family that on tomorrow from 8 a.m. to 2.30, we are hosting COVID testing, not vaccination, testing. Uh, we know that, of course, we want people to get vaccinated, but we also need people to get tested. So we're having uh, COVID testing here uh, in the townhome parking lot across from Central Square building, and that's tomorrow from 8 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. So we want to encourage those who can to get tested. It's our hope and prayer that sometime in the near future that we will have another pop-up vaccination here at the St. Paul Church. I want to let you all know that uh, the Financial Peace uh, University has started. And, of course, uh, there is this wonderful opportunity for you to join in as far as that venture is concerned. 
Uh, for the first 21 individuals or families that sign up through our church website, you can get the necessary materials for $90. That's a $40 saving on registration. Uh, the class has started this past Tuesday and will continue for eight more weeks. Also, just want to let you all know that this week uh, we will have Kaya. And uh, the topic for this week is Get Rid of Your Judas, Dealing with the Pain of Betrayal. And we will be streaming on our various platforms. Um, I don't have a time, but I believe that the time is 7 o'clock uh, when we will start as far as Kaya is concerned. And also just want to mention we are back uh, in Bible study. And we look forward to you joining us at, for Bible study on this Thursday um, at noon and at 7. Minister leaders, it's time for you to do your budget requests. And so um, uh, those forms should uh, be going out. All forms are available on our website, and you can download them, complete and submit to your, um, uh, to your staff advisor uh, by the end of April. As we move forward, as far as uh, this time of prayer is concerned, um, I want you all to know that the Lord has called one of our deacons uh, from labor to refreshment, Deacon Alonzo Pettis. We want to lift him up in prayer. We also want to lift up his wife, Karen, and the final arrangements for his homegoing celebration um, is pending. And then also got word that Brother Thomas Berg has died, and we want to lift up his wife, uh, Sister Jeanette. We want to flank her with our prayers, and of course, um, arrangements are pending. Got word that he had died this morning. So we're going to be lifting her in prayer. The family of Sister Shalene Heron, the grandmother of Sister Rashika Lata, her service will take place today at 1 o'clock at Alexander Funeral Home here in Charlotte. The family of Brother Frank McClendon, the uncle of Brother John McClendon, his final arrangements are pending. And the family of Brother David Crenshaw, uh, the husband of Disciple Doris Crenshaw, her um, those uh, final arrangements are pending as well. We want to lift up uh, the family of Brother Leroy Heron, who is the uncle of Disciple Jody Nance. Great size services took place this past Thursday at Betis Ford Memorial Gardens here in Charlotte. And the family of Margaret Massey, uh, the sister-in-law of Disciple Patricia Love, we want to lift her up in prayer as well. We have several of our disciples who are also um, in the hospital. Um, Deborah Calhoun, Philip Dunstan, Raymond Goggins, Isola McLaughlin, um, Brother Anthony Farr, and Sister Bridget Truesdale. I believe she had surgery last week. We want to cover them with our prayers. And also there are other names of those who are on our sick and shut-in list that are scrolling at the bottom of our screen right now. We know that God can do anything but fail. And so as we prepare to go to the Lord in prayer, uh, it is my hope and prayer that you all will allow for your prayer concerns to uh, ascend to the throne of grace, knowing that God can heal when God so desires. At this time, at this time, uh, Minister Jeffrey Stevenson is going to take us to the throne of grace. Let us go to the throne.
give the Lord praise if you believe your prayer is being answered let's celebrate that right now in a moment of faith amen 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 well my brothers and sisters we have the blessed opportunity right now to partner with our God through the act of giving giving is a very important and a very intentional part of worship and so you and I right now, we are most like God when we give. And as we prepare to give, I just want to remind you that the work of ministry here at the St. Paul Church still goes forward. 
we do this work with great uh, effectiveness and efficiency, and that is because of the disciples, the servant leaders, as well as the staff uh, that make this a work in reality. Uh, we continue to do work inside as well as outside of the four walls of the church through our food pantry ministry and supporting other various ministries, COVID testing, COVID vaccination, um, the housing development. We we are doing the work. One of the ways to sustain that work is through your giving, through your generosity. And so as we prepare to give, um, I want you to know that for those that practice the biblical discipline of giving tithes and offerings, uh, God has a specified promise for you. For those who give something, uh, God uh, honors your giving and wants you to grow in faith in trusting him. Uh, for those that feel like they have nothing to give, I just want you to know that God wants to stretch you because God wants you to understand that in your giving, you demonstrate God. Reverend Peyton C. last week did a lesson on um, uh, the widow's might. And um, by the way, congratulations to Peyton and Taylor as far as them getting married on yesterday. But he did a wonderful lesson as far as um, the widow's might is concerned. And one of the things that I want you to understand about that widow's might is that that, widow's, that widow gave more than anybody else in proportion because she gave all that she had. Let me say that again. She gave all that she had. And it's interesting to know how did Jesus know what she gave? Because he was watching the offering basket. And so in him watching the offering basket, he does the same with you and me. And he honors when we give. So when you practice tithing and offering, there's a promise. If you give something, it does not go without warrant. But if you're not doing anything, God wants to stretch you. So I want you to right now, as we prepare to give, there are three ways you can give here. You can first of all send your check or money order here to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, 28205. Or you can drop off your cash check or money order here at the church. Call the church office first to make sure someone is here. Second way you can give is through our website. And the third way you can give is through the app called Givelify. Uh, and if you don't have that app on your smart device, download it to your smart device connected to your favorite credit card and give. So however you're giving right now, wherever you are right now, would you do me a favor if you're able, would you put your offering in your right hand and raise it because you want to give God what's right, not what's left, and let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we thank you for the wonderful opportunity to partner with you in giving. We pray right now, God, that as we give these gifts to you according to your word, we don't do it grudgingly or out of necessity, but cheerfully because you love the cheerful giver. Take these gifts of ours, bless them in a God-fold way so that your word, your work, your witness will continue to go forth and you will be glorified and exalted in our giving. It's in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So if you would right now, go ahead and uh, deposit your giving as far as the Lord is concerned. Amen. And I want to take this wonderful opportunity to present our preacher uh, for this morning. She is a sister beloved, and uh, she's going to be sharing as far as the preaching moment is concerned. I'm letting 
uh, the sisters carry out as far as this moment is concerned. She's none other than the Reverend Dr. Tracy Blackman. She uh, did uh, my first Women's Day here as pastor um, and uh, was a wonderful blessing about four years ago. Um, Reverend Tracy Blackman served as Christ the King United Church of Christ pastor as the first female pastor in the history of that church. She is a registered nurse by training with over 25 years of healthcare experience. Uh, she has earned a Bachelor of Science in Nursing from Birmingham Southern College. She earned a Master of Divinity degree from Eden Theological Seminary. And she was given the uh, uh, honorary doctorate degree from Eden because of her work as far as the community is concerned. Currently, she serves as the executive minister of justice and local church ministries for the United Church of Christ. She has retired from Christ the King so that she can give full time to the UCC denomination. Um, of course, I knew Dr. Uh, Blackman during my time in St. Louis. She was the Harriet Tubman of uh, the movement when we were out on the streets in Ferguson after Mike Brown had died, and that is really where she gained national notoriety as far as her work is concerned there. And she has numerous awards that she has uh, received, but she is a sister that does the work. And I am glad and honored that she has taken time out to share with us as far as Women's History Month is concerned, but more importantly, just as far as the proclamation of the Word of God. So I'm going to ask that you all will pray for her, with her, that the Lord will use her in a mighty and magnificent way this morning. So after our brothers bless us with song, the next voice you will hear will be that of Reverend Tracy Devine Blackman. Pray for her, pray with her, that the Lord will use her and give us the word that we need.
Amen. This rock is light and my salvation the Lord is my light and my salvation the Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear in the time of trouble he shall hide me oh in the time of trouble he shall hide me in the time of trouble. He shall hide me. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength 
of my life. Whom shall I fear? Praise the Lord, St. Paul's Baptist Church. What an honor it is for me to share with you even in virtual space on this Palm Sunday as we make our way through Holy Week. Giving honor to God who is the head of my life. Indeed, God is my life. It is in God that I live, move, and have my being. I thank God for the privilege of preaching always. And I thank God especially today for the of proclaiming in this space. To my friend, my brother, I call him my big brother, even though I am the oldest by a lot. My mentor, your phenomenal pastor, Reverend Dr. Robert Charles Scott, thank you for allowing me to proclaim in your space. I know how you are about your pulpit and about your people, so I count it a great honor. To First Lady Pierce Scott, and to the wonderful Princess Cheris. We miss you all in St. Louis. I miss you deeply, all three of you. And yet I celebrate the work that you are able to do at St. Paul's and delight with you as I follow your ministries from afar. If you have your Bibles this morning, I invite you to turn to the Gospel of Mark, the 11th chapter, verses 1 through 11. Mark, the 11th chapter, verses 1 through 11. I'll be reading from the New King James Version, and I will give you just a moment to get the text. I hope that you will follow along as we read together. I also want to acknowledge in this space the ministers, the deacons, all those who serve with Dr. Scott to lead this wonderful congregation. God bless you in your respective places. I have had the privilege of meeting some of you and others I look forward to meeting at another time. And to the people of St. Paul, the sons and daughters of God, thank you. Thank you for allowing me into your space. The Gospel of Mark, the 11th chapter, beginning with the first verse, and it reads like this. Now, when they drew near Jerusalem to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and he said to them, go into the village opposite you. And as soon as you have entered into it, you will find a colt tied on which one on which no one has sat. Loose it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say the Lord has need of it and immediately he will send it here. So they went their way and found the colt tied by the door outside the street, and they loosed it. But some of those who stood there said to them, what are you doing loosing the colt? And they spoke to them just as Jesus had commanded, so they let them go. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their clothes on the road, and others cut down leafy branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then those who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And Jesus went into Jerusalem and into the temple. 
So when he had looked around at all things, as the hour was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Pray with me, please. Most wise and gracious God, we thank you for the privilege always of gathering together to worship you. I thank you for the privilege of preaching your word. I thank you for meeting me in the preparation. And I now, God, ask that you show up in the proclamation. God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Open our eyes that we might see. Open our ears that we might hear. Open our hearts that we might receive and be changed. Have your way in this place, God. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, and thank God. Chosen for a title today, Hold That Crown. Hold That Crown. Friends, for thousands of years, the Israelites wanted a king. This goes all the way back to 1 Samuel, the eighth chapter. The Bible says when Samuel, who was both prophet and priest, grew old, he appointed his sons as the leaders of the people, but his sons did not serve well. And so the people of Israel went to Samuel complaining and told them that they wanted a king. After all, a king is what all the other nations had, and they all seemed to be doing just fine. Samuel was heartbroken and he tried to talk them out of the request, but they persisted. And so Samuel took their request before God. Samuel was disheartened because he took this request as an indication that they did not have faith in his leadership anymore. God reminded Samuel that in asking for a king, it was not he that they were rejecting, but it was God, God's self. You see, the role of a king was to act as chief sovereign. In other words, the king held primary authority over the land and the people. It was the king's role to bless the people and to exert supernatural power over their lives and their welfare. And the reason Samuel doesn't believe the Israelites need a king is because the Israelites already have those bases covered. The Israelites have something better. The Israelites have a God. Lately, I've been watching the Netflix special Crown. Perhaps some of you have seen it. It's a docu-series that's all about the monarchy. And in one episode of this series, the characters reenact the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II. Queen Elizabeth II is the reigning queen of the monarch right now. She is the longest reigning English monarch in history. And yes, she is still on the throne. Not only is she the head of the United Kingdom and the Commonwealth, but as queen, she is also anointed as the head of the Church of England suggesting that when she acts and how she acts is not just her will, but is the bequest of God. When I saw this, it was not something I was aware of before. It shook me to my core. 
especially given the fact that for over 150 years, the British monarchy was complicit in and profited from the enslaved African descendant people through the slave trade. And later, they colonized the Caribbeans. It's one thing to have an oppressive history. It's quite another to suggest that oppression can exist within the will of God. Kings and queens can be dangerous beings. So Samuel doesn't want this for the people of Israel. He doesn't want the people to have a king. He warned them, if you get a king, the king can send your sons into battle. He can have his way with your daughters. He can take your money for taxes and use them how he sees fit. You don't need a king, Samuel said, because you already have a God. This is a lesson for many of us, my friends, because when we make kings out of our leaders, when we attach our government to our God, then we become confused in our worship, blinded in our allegiance, and we end up having stuff happening like, I don't know, folk plotting insurrections and terrorizing communities and caging children at the border and thinking some lives matter more than other lives, thinking that some folk are inherently designed and designated to be in charge and some folk are inherently designated to serve those in charge, all in the name of their God. Kings can be dangerous people. So Samuel doesn't want the people of Israel to have a king, but they would not listen. And the Bible says God granted their requests. God commands the prophet Samuel to anoint Saul as king. Saul started out well was obedient and faithful to God's commands. But soon he began to get full of himself because of his position created for him the illusion that he had complete authority. It is vital for us to note, my friends, that people can give you a position, but God gives power to whom God wills. This is important for us, particularly right now, as the evil of white Christian nationalism has been loosed again all over this land. It's important to remember, as we watch white vigilantes begin to go to court now to answer for charges of insurrection spurred by who at the time was positioned as our commander in chief. It's important to remember as Republican legislators in 43 states seek to enact over 250 laws designed to quell the voting rights of black citizens in these yet to be united states. It's important to remember this as the G Georgia criminalized the agency of black Georgians to participate in our democracy. As state Congresswoman Park Cannon was arrested and charged with a felony in the Georgia State House, simply for sounding the alarm on the governor who signed oppressive voting legislation 
under the cover of night and behind closed doors. It would do us well to remember on this Palm Sunday, as we remember that triumphant entry, that man may grant position, but God gives power to whom God wills. I am the daughter of the South, born and raised in Birmingham, Alabama, and because I was born and raised in Birmingham, Alabama in the 60s, my friends, I have seen some things. And I stopped by just to remind you this morning, St. Paul, that position is nothing without God's power. Position wasn't enough for Governor George Wallace standing on the steps of the University of Alabama to stop black children from getting the education that they deserved. And it won't be enough for Governor Brian Kemp in the Georgia State House to stop black Georgians from getting the elected officials they deserve. I want to remind you that Position was not enough for Bull Connor and the Alabama State Troopers when they put hoses on children who were marching in Kelly Ingram Park in Birmingham, Alabama, and it won't be enough for Georgia State Troopers who are arresting people who simply want their voices to be heard in the halls of the State House of Georgia. I want to remind you that position was not enough when the Confederacy when the Confederacy formed in eight. 1861, and it won't be enough for the Confederacy that lives in 2021. It is important that we remember in times like these, though others may have position, God still gives power to whom God wills. Saul had the position of king, but he no longer had the power of God to reign. And Saul's kingdom began to crumble. The Bible says, fret not over evildoers, nor be envious of those who do wrong. For in due season, they will be cut down. God removed God's anointing from Saul. And God not only removed the anointing from Saul, but he sent Samuel to the house of Jesse to find a little shepherd boy who was out in the field. And in that house, Samuel anointed David, who would become the next king. David did not become the king right away. He was given the power while Saul still had the position. But the Bible lets us know that David began to grow in favor with God and grow into the kingship that was to come. Eventually, Saul and all of his descendants, save one, died, and the kingdom fell to David. David loved the Lord, but in spite of his worship and in spite of his praise and in spite of his anointing, he too had times of disobedience. David used his position to force himself on Bathsheba while her husband, Uriah, was in battle on the king's behalf. And if that wasn't bad enough, David then plotted the murder of Uriah, avoid being exposed. He was far from perfect, but the difference with King David is that he had a repentant heart. And the Bible suggests because of his repentant heart, 
a heart that turned easily toward God. God forgave David and blessed his reign and the people prospered. After David died, his son Solomon became king. And after Solomon, Solomon's son Rehoboam became king. And the list goes on and on and on. But what I want you to remember about that today is that in the entire history of all the monarchs, there has never been a perfect king. The fact is many of the kings who were in this lineage ruled harshly. The Bible says that the kings did what was right in their own eyes. Yet, Israel still looked for a king. They wanted a king who would return them to their glory days, a king who would restore the temple and crush their... They remembered the reign of King David. As a matter of fact, they were still talking about King David to return to the days of that reign, the days of prosperity. The prophets declared that a Messiah would come, one who would save Israel from its enemies. And this crowd gathering in Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday are ones who were expecting that Messiah to come. And what do they receive? God sends Jesus. Jesus, whose ministry, whose earthly ministry begins with his baptism in the wilderness, has taken these few three years and taken the villages by storm. Jesus has disrupted the expected flow of things. He's turned the kingdom upside down with his messages of radical love and radical inclusivity. Jesus has messed up the rituals by blessing on the Sabbath, by freeing on the Sabbath, by healing on the Sabbath, by challenging and stretching understanding of the law to make space for grace. And now here comes Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a colt that has never been tamed. I want to suggest to you this morning that the crowd accompanying Jesus, the crowd that cries Hosanna in the highest, just a crowd of unknown faces. But these folk have traveled with Jesus. In St. Louis, we have a major parade called the Annie Malone Parade. We celebrate the history of Annie Malone's children's home in St. Louis and thousands of people come out for this parade. They come out early and we line the streets waiting on the bands and waiting on the cars and waiting on the elected officials to drive through. It is indeed an event here. One with many spectators. But in my sanctified imagination, this crowd on Palm Sunday, these are not just spectators. These are folk who have been accompanying Jesus. They've traveled with Jesus from city to city, from town to town. This crowd has been growing with his ministry. Some of them joined him after he healed blind Bartimaeus as they passed through Jericho. Some of them 
followed him as he traveled through Bethpage and Bethany on his way to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. Some of them joined the journey when he stopped at the home of Mary and Martha in Bethany to take a rest and to eat dinner with Lazarus, whom the crowd knew he had raised from the dead. I imagine that this crowd kept growing as Jesus kept going and as word spread that he was on his way to Jerusalem. After all, it was Passover and every observant Jew who could travel was on their way as well. So when Jesus sends the disciples ahead to prepare the young donkey, there is no doubt that the coat would be loosed because Jesus sent word that the Lord had need of it. And Jesus's word, my friends, was good enough for the disciples to go and it was good enough for the owner to give. You see, when you know Jesus, all you need is his word to accomplish whatever task God has for you to do. When you know Jesus, all you need is his word to loose the chains that bind. By the time they brought the coat to Jesus, all things had been made ready. And the crowd covered the road in praise and covered the road in their clothes and covered the road in branches. And in other gospels, we learned that it wasn't just any kind of branch, but it was the palm tree, the branches of the palm tree. Why is that significant? Because the palm in the biblical days signified honor and peace. They lined the streets with honor. And with peace, and they cried, Hosanna, save us now. Perhaps they had a different kind of salvation in mind. They wanted Jesus to wield his power, but he came wielding peace. They wanted him to restore Israel to his former glory, but Jesus came not to put new wine and old wine skins, but to do a new thing. They wanted Jesus to claim the crown, claim his rightful position in that structure. But Jesus came to bear the cross. Perhaps the crowd wasn't all that different in those streets than we are in our streets. They were looking for Jesus to rescue them. Jesus had his mind set toward Calvary to redeem them. They were looking for Jesus to return them to their former glory. Jesus was looking toward Calvary to restore them to himself. They were looking for Jesus to defend them. And Jesus was looking toward Calvary to equip them. Here comes Jesus riding on a donkey. 
a carpenter by trade, a rabbi by calling, one who we never hear of sharing in any abundance of wealth. As a matter of fact, he's often found hanging out with the sinners and eating in the homes of those who've been shunned. He could be found talking to the Samaritans and keeping company with certain women. He was one who didn't mind healing on the Sabbath, didn't mind touching those who were diseased, didn't mind waking up the dead. And I don't know about you this morning, St. Paul, but that's good news for me because I need a Messiah who will come and see about me. I need a Savior who can see me at my worst and still love me with his best. I need a Messiah who can handle my whole truth and yet claim me as his own. I need a Messiah who corrects me and who directs me and who develops me and still delights in me. I need a Savior who can call back to life aspirations and dreams for my life that I thought were dead. I I need a savior who reminds me that nothing is impossible with God. So I want you to hold that crown. Hold that crown because it means nothing without the Christ. You can have position. It means nothing without God's power. Here comes Jesus. Riding on a donkey, not appearing to be mighty, not looking majestic as they cried, Hosanna in the highest, save me now. He may not have been the Messiah that they expected. He may not have worked in the way that they expected. But Jesus, my friends, is the only savior they needed. And indeed, Jesus is the only savior that we need. We have the benefit that the crowd did not have. They saw Jesus coming, but we know where Jesus went. We tell the story with Good Friday in our view. We tell the story knowing that beyond the cross, there will be an empty tomb. We tell the story knowing death has lost its sting. Lift up ye gates and be ye lifted up ye everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be ye lifted up ye everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in. Hold that crown, friends, for resurrection is coming. Hold that crown, help is on the way. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up ye heads, O ye gates, be ye lifted up ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Amen, and thank God.
Amen. Come on, can we celebrate Reverend Tracy Devon Blackman? My God, what a word. 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 As we move forward as far as giving a person the opportunity to really make a connection with the real king, the king of kings and the lord of lords, after a sermon like that, after a word like that, who wouldn't want a relationship with the God of creation? If you're watching us right now, I want to let you know that we're receiving people to be a part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ virtually. You saw this morning I baptized majesty and we're baptizing other people as well, bringing them into the universal family of God as well as the local church. So you can join us right now and you can do it virtually that while the doors of the church aren't open, you can join us. And so if you're watching us, you can email at connect at spbcnc.org that you want to be baptized and someone will get in touch with you by five o'clock tomorrow. If you're watching us on Facebook or on our website, you can type in salvation in the chat box. One of our digital ministers will connect with you and let you know what the next steps are and let you know what you need to do as far as that preparation is concerned. Or if you're listening to us on the telephone, you can call us at 704-334-5309 or email us at connect at spbcnc.org. Leave your name and your phone number. Somebody's going to get in touch with you by 5 o'clock tomorrow to let you know what the next steps are. If you're saying, well, Pastor, I'm already saved. I know who Jesus Christ is, but I would love to make St. Paul my tribe. I would love to be your pastor. These men and women would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. So guess what? If you are listening to us online, you can email us at connect.spbcnc.org or call the church office if you're on the phone. If you are listening to us on Facebook or the website, just type in connect in the chat box. When our digital ministers will reach out to you or if you're watching us on YouTube, email us at connect.spbcnc.org. Let us know your desire. We would love to have you to be a part of our tribe here at the St. Paul Church through Christian experience. And we'll let you know what you need to do as far as that is concerned. As we move forward, as far as our worship is concerned, before we get a benediction, I just want to make a correction. As far as the time for the homegoing service for um, uh, Charlene Heron, that service is at noon. So it's going to be at noon. And also, if you're interested at watching that service, just go to Alexander Funeral Home website. And they will be live streaming that service as far as uh, Sister Heron is concerned. Amen. It's been a great day. It's been a great day. Again, thank you, Reverend Tracy Blackman, for such a powerful, powerful word, an on-time word, a prophetic word, a pastoral word. Thank you. Thank you so very, very much. Reverend Blackman is one of my, one of my favorite preachers. And uh, uh, she always brings that wisdom uh, that is a blessing as far as anyone who sits to hear what she has to say. Well, 
We're getting ready to get out of here. It's been a wonderful day. Next Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. It is also Communion Sunday. And we look forward to sharing with you as far as Jesus getting up from the grave as well as uh, us partaking of the Lord's Supper. So let us close out with this benediction. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with all exceeding joy. So otherwise, God, our Savior, our Father, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. And the people of God said, Amen. I need you to do me a favor as we get ready to log off. Listen, continue to practice social distancing. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. We're turning the corner. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. It's not an oncoming train. And we will soon, one day soon, be coming back into the sanctuary as I'll be meeting with our team and our leaders on when that's going to happen. But until then, continue to join us, share with others what we're doing here at the St. Paul Church. I love you all. God loves you even more. I can't wait to see you in person. But until then, keep doing what you're doing. God bless. Come on, brothers, take us out.